What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode here in our Rocket Punch Game of the Year 2018 series. As as we've been doing all month long here, I'm one of your hosts, Cameron. I'm joined, of course, by my compadre, Will. What's going on, man? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm just trying to work up the salt needed to talk about this topic. There's going to be a lot of salt thrown here in this topic, as there usually is each year. Um... Yeah, but no, no, seriously, we're going to have to fire up a nuclear-powered aircraft carrier to desalinate the water to get the salt we need. <laughs> oh, wow. You like, think it'll be that, mode? You think it'll be that? Yeah. Looking at the list. Maybe for a couple of them. Maybe for a couple of them. For at least three of them. Three out of five? Yeah. yeah. We're going to find out. Three have me extra salty. We're going to find out. I'm, I'm really interested. To, um, this is probably one of the most fun episodes that we get to do here for Game of the Year 2018. Um, so first and foremost, guys, let's jump right into it. Um, of course, guys, housekeeping here, if you did not know, this is the Rocket Punchcast, where groups of friends from all around come to this table to talk about video games into microphones. Um, you are now listening to one of the many episodes here in our Game of the Year 2018 series of episodes um, all throughout the month of January. Uh, we here at Rocket Punch take a look back at 2018 or the year before um see the games that were played there and then we make our official picks for game of the year categories of which we have 10 um to make our nominees picks and then discuss those nominees and then choose whittle them down until only one is the winner for that respective category um if you've listened to the show in years past we are doing things a little bit differently here not only do we have a couple of different categories but um, as far as our nominees, we have each category um, out of the 10 has five nominees. From those five nominees, we will discuss them in length. Once we discuss them, we'll get it down to basically we have to pick the culling begins where we can only um, pick two of those nominees to get to the winner circle. Um, in which case, from the winner circle, we'll be able to choose one to be the winner of them all and take home the Golden Fist Award for that respective category. There. Um, of course, as always, guys, one of the categories will be streamed live each week, um, each Sunday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time over at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. So if you want to join in on the conversation, make sure you head over there as well. Also, keep it marked on your calendars, the final episode for our Game of the Year series where um, we make our pick for Game of the Year overall will be streamed on Twitch on January 27th around 8 p.m. Central Standard Time at twitch.tv slash rocketpunchlive. So, you want to make sure you don't miss that episode. It's going to be pretty freaking sweet. Um, we're, we're All these other episodes we're pre-recording. Um, we would love to stream them, but uh, the big one, especially this year, is that um, I'll be in Texas. I'll be at Pack South um, for the next couple of um, days here. So, we wanted to go ahead and get these episodes out of the way so you guys have something to listen to um, while I'm out of town. While we get to take a little break. And then I take the reins and run it right into the ground. <laughs> oh, then maybe not. Right, yeah, you wouldn't run it in the ground. Maybe like, well, all right, fine. I'm gonna pull a highway to hell, and we're gonna run it right off the side of a cliff. There you go. There you go. That, that, that sounds. That sounds much better. We're gonna much blast ACDC the entire way too. I'm on the highway to hell. You're getting good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and while we're at it, I'm gonna get like Die Hard playing like 50 percent transparency in the background just to make sure people understand. <laughs> You know what's funny? You bring that up. I saw this image the other day, completely derailing, as we normally do here at Rock Punch. There was an image of this um, one rocker, and he was pointing to other rocker, and they were walking down this path together, and then they were like, well, okay, I think this is where we split up. One of them 
in the road the road forks one of the paths is the um, highway to hell and the other one is stairway to heaven uh, <laughs> I was like ah that's good that was good you made, you reminded me of that one so that's pretty funny oh man I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to follow ACDC on this one yeah the highway to hell yeah man uh, dude it sounds awesome okay plus you know you got Ozzy so mm, good point I'm sorry, man, but between Ozzy and Dio, I mean, good <laughs> point. Cool. I, I could, I could see see where he comes from there. Like, look, man, eternal damnation and suffering, but you get <laughs> Ozzy and Dio. I mean, that, that's a pretty strong case. Like, biting heads off bats and whatnot. Um. Oh, Peter, be damned. <laughs> but um, also, guys, as well, <laughs> getting back on topic, <laughs> a reminder: make sure you head over if you miss any of the episodes or you're not sure who's won what. Um, head over to RocketPunchGo.com/gotty. Uh, that way, you can keep up with all of our Game of the Year 2018 coverage. Figure out uh, when the episodes go live, who wins what, and everything under the sun is going to be right there if you want to know anything about our Game of the Year coverage. Proper. So before we get started, of course, as we've done in each episode, we want to give a quick spoiler warning to you guys here. Um, a lot of the topics, um, in order to discuss them in length and as informationally as we can, um, to make cases for or against the various nominees that we have picked for each category, it may require us to um, reveal certain spoilers for games that you may or may not have played. Um, if that is the case, giving you the spoiler warning ahead of time, you've been warned. Um, there may be potential spoilers in here for some of your favorite games from last year. So definitely make sure if you don't want to be spoiled, turn away right now. Come back later once you finish that respective game. You can listen to our picks and decide for yourselves if um, you, you agree with us or not. Look, look, at the end of the day, you're going to agree because you're going to trust us. But I mean, they have, you know. I, I feel like a lot of our listeners have their own opinions on things. Oh, and you're allowed to have your own opinions. That's the good thing about it. Hmm? This is a free country. This is true. At least if you're in the United States of America. I don't know where you're else. If you're in another country, I hope you're as free as we are. That's all I can hope. That's true. That's true. All right. But so let's go over um, this particular episode is to make our pick for biggest fail. Um, the name of the episode pretty much sums it up, guys. This is going to be the winner of this is basically the one we believe is an event or game that has just bumbled and messed up, whether by execution, planning, what have you. A big red eye um, on their sales in the gaming industry here in 2018. Um, really stumbled or for some reason things did not go well for this particular endeavor um, in 2018. Even though they had all the best intentions in the world. Or maybe they didn't. It's up to us to decide. Um, oh man. So Will, what are those nominees? Alright, the nominees start off with Telltale Games, the closure and drama surrounding it. Fallout 76, their launch struggles, and other things and business practices around that. Mm -hmm. Rockstar, the crunch concerns, um, specifically around their game development strategy and, you know, what ends up happening right before launch. Okay. All right. The announcement of Diablo Immortal. Ooh, boy. And the, uh, the fan feedback on that. Ooh. And then, of course, cross-play and how it negatively impacted Sony. Oh, no, 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 that, that wasn't going to be the one. No, oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, that got replaced. They, I they apologize. Replaced. Um, something even worse came across yeah, our yeah. radar. <laughs> yeah, um, 
Yeah, guys. Uh, so sexual harassment's bad. Don't do it. I'm going to go ahead and put that disclaimer. Um, but all of the harassment going on at Riot Games and what led up to um, some of their employees suing them. So, apologies, uh, I'm looking at an outdated list, apparently. Yes, I totally forgot um, to copy that other one there. No, no, no we're, we're good. We're going to fix that bad. right now, because uh, <laughs> holy crap, that is so much worse than crossplay. Yeah, 100%. Being negative impact on Sony. And while Will is fixing that, let's start off at the top of the list. You ready? Yeah. Let's start off with the Telltale Games closure drop. Oh, boy. Uh, I know you you especially were um, particularly salty about this. I, I was very salty, not for myself, but uh, the way it was handled. So if you're going to go out of business, um, you and I have both been there for a company as it went out of business. Mm -hmm. We were there together, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't necessarily have a unique perspective in the United States, but we can see things from at least a portion of that perspective. What are you, what's going to go on in your life? Where are you going to work? You know, finding another gig. What else is going on? A lot of uncertainty. Am I actually going to get paid? You know, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there is. And then on top of all of that, you're figuring out how you're going to go back to school, what you're going to do, like living situation, all of that. Everything is now up in the air because the paycheck is not always going to be there. So, and... It's. I'll definitely preface this particular um, conversation saying that it's hard. Oh, there goes. Sorry. It. Um, it's hard. I mean, I know a lot of. Unfortunately, a lot of game developers have to go into that industry understanding that there may be times where they may not get paid for something, which is horrible. Um, completely horrible, especially for the work that you put in for whatever you're doing or whatever you're talking about, but. It, kind of prepping that with this drama, there is a lot unfold here. So, if, for people who did not know, uh, Telltale Games, the makers of a lot of the adventure games that have kind of been broken through and been very critically acclaimed as of late, uh, the Walking Dead series being one of them, uh, the Wolf Among Us, uh, uh, the Borderlands, uh, Tales from Tales of the Borderlands. Yep. Um, so many more. I can't Which, even... There's been a bunch of them. That's the one that I played, was the Borderlands. Tales from Borderlands? Yeah. It's, it's super good. I haven't finished it. I played episode one. It was super awesome. Still good. Um, they ended up kind of very abruptly uh, this past year, later on in the year, just completely shutting down. It was probably the biggest studio closure of uh, the um, year. Yeah, this year. It was the probably the most impactful because of how it was handled. Yeah. And, and that's the reason it's ended up on this list. So, um, one of the big things, number one, is that this happened out of the blue. Um, they basically told everybody that they were shutting down completely. Um, and they were not going to be... Uh... Oh, hey. <laughs> we're not streaming. That's funny. That is still... <laughs> Oh, uh, Inubito did something. Was, yes, Inubito, that's funny. <laughs> that's hilarious that we're not streaming with still things for us. That's great. Oh, that's um, hilarious. And so, it, talking more about Telltale Games closure, they basically said there was a full studio closure. That they Out of the blue, this is in right when they're working on, they talked about these new initiatives, the Wolf Among Us Season 2, new Minecraft story modes going on, they've got the Walking Dead final season is happening. Right. They shut everything down. 
they're going to um, they tell everybody that they're going to go to a skeleton crew um, you know and I think from around two, 20, 250 to 300 people down to 25 and even then they still shut that down quicker than expected yes um, and there's there's so much nuance to the story I'll try to do my best to get all of it but they go down to the skeleton crew they end up after maybe a couple of days, I think they get rid of the skeleton crew because originally it was thought the 25 employees were going to continue work. They had to fulfill their um, obligations. studio obligations. So they the 25 people stayed on long enough to finish Minecraft story mode, in which case they were gone. These people walked away, no severance. Yep. No, um, assist, no job hunting assistance um, in any shape, form, or fashion. Less notification than the state of California legally allows. They were told, basically when they came in, they had like an hour. No, they were immediately removed from the studio. And then they were told they were allowed like that weekend to come back in the studio. To collect personal effects. They had like one or two hours to collect personal effects. And that was it. And so you're talking about families that miss out on health care, paying for their house, paying for their mortgage, paying for food. You name it. like, And Telltale's telling them, up, oh, tough. And then, all of a sudden, they don't have the money to fund the finish, uh, finishing the development of these. But on top of it, then they find the money to then pay another development studio to finish it. And that was Instead what, of having their own people do and, it. And that was so crazy. In this whole, you know, like said, in this whole thing, Telltale, the studio heads come out and say, hey, we know you guys are still super excited about the final season, so... We're um we're working to get a studio to pay uh, to pay a studio to finish the Walking Dead season the final season even though they were a studio that was fully capable of making these games oh, I mean, consumers industry leaders everybody was like why don't you take that money and pay the people that worked on their stuff or get them on board to help finish the game get a couple of groups from them to help finish the game which honestly at that point if I was one of those developers from Telltale. I would just, I probably would have walked away if they asked me to stay anyway. Because I'm sure some some of those guys did. Um, because it, it was bro. just so telltale upper management handled it in such a poor and taste, tasteless way. Like, how do you not pay these people? If these employees that work to make your studio what it was... Well, and the crazy thing is now, um, we can't go into too much detail of it because, you know, things haven't fully shaken out, but now there's a class action suit against Telltale and the company <coughs> that owns them, behalf of the employees, based on the fact that they didn't follow California law with notification and all of that. And I hate to insert a little bit of my own beliefs here, but I hope the former employees win. Because, yeah, I'm sorry, if there's a law on how mm-hmm. things are to be done and you don't follow that law... You get what you get. I'm not okay with the way they handled this at all, and I feel for those employees. Now, some good news in the end came out of this, but it wasn't by Telltale's findings. What ended up happening, kind of wrapping up the story, um, this studio Skybound uh, came in. They were the ones that decided to pick up the game and finish the rest of the final season. So they they were able to pick that up, and in a very awesome move, they told everyone very clearly, we went to the people that were let go from Telltale first. Any of the staff, we completely hired them back and offered them opportunities to finish work on the final season. 
And then any after that, once they cleared that out, if, if there were any openings, they went to external hires after that to help finish this game. So the, the, the group of people that are finishing the final season, a majority are Telltale, ex-Telltale employees. Which is cool, but it should have never got to that point. I 100% agree. That is poor management across the board. 100% agree. Um, it, it's just, it was just a complete bubble. And we still don't really know why, whether it was money or something else as to why they just kind of, it, it was funny because it's like, I think there were stories online that Jason Schreier from Kotaku and other people were breaking, like, uh, people, um, employees from Telltale were like, dude, just last week we talked about finishing and like, we were working on getting funding for this da 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 and everything was looking great. And we were planning to do all these different things. And then all of a sudden just coming to be told up, oh, you're done, wrap it up. Which is very jarring. Like some people don't get how impactful that affects your life. If one day you're doing okay and you have a family and you have a kid and the next day you're like, I'm out of a job. How am I going to put food on the table? What's going on? And so, yeah, I think poorly handled by the upper management at Telltale Games. Um, luckily, the industry and Skybound, a lot of other developers, were able to come in and help some of those people. I don't think all of them. But it was still just kind of watching this whole saga unfold was just like shaking my head. Like, I can't believe this happening. And honestly, um, the, who uh, who wrote that article in Kotaku? Is that Schreier? Uh, it's um, Ethan Gott. Okay. Getch. Oh, wow. I'm surprised that's not Jason Schreier. I'm sure Schreier picked it up but, in one of the late ones. But man, I'll tell you what. Mm. Watching that, I will say Kotaku was the one I found out about it on. Yeah, same for me. Man, you know what? Everybody can give everybody else garbage, but those boys, they do some work over there. You want to know who else gave some people garbage? Oh, man, Fallout 76. Uh, people so have Bethesda games here with the Fallout 76 launch struggles. So I've got four different tabs open on this particular then situation. Please leave us off on this Because I, I almost bought this game. Really? I was I was looking at the Tricentennial Edition. I was looking at a lot of money about to be dropped on. You would have been real version. mad if you had bought that edition, too. Oh, dude. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, so it starts off with day one, a 56-gig patch, which ends up breaking a lot, a large portion of the game. Let... Let me put a, an asterisk next to that. The fifty gig, fifty six gig day one patch was larger than the base game at launch. Not even that. Let's let's roll it back to the beta. You're in the beta. You got in. Congratulations. You go to launch the game or click anything in the Bethesda launcher, and it uninstalls the fifty something gig game. That was a great bug. That was awesome. I remember reading that. I was falling that pair laughing like, "Oh boy, this game isn't ready." No, it wasn't ready then. It wasn't ready on day one either, even after that big patch. Um, it's got a massive amount of bugs in it, and they've been trying to fix them in Bethesda. Yeah, look, it's Bethesda. Their games are buggy. Look, okay. Remember, we're talking about Bethesda, whose games majoritarily are buggy at launch, and we're complaining about their bugs. And this is like, all right, we, we expect bugs that make the game hilarious. You know, like weird things happening and hilarity and all that. Um, kind of like uh, how in Red Dead, occasionally you'll get a moose just charge in and kill somebody. Because it's just like, <laughs> random AI goof. Um, that's adorable. That's cute. But this one we're talking like... These are game-breaking bugs. Like, it, it is renders it inoperable to play. We're talking Assassin's Creed Unity levels of buggage. No, no, worse. Uh, yeah, some even worse than that. 
Um, it get it then gets better because they had a two hundred dollar version of the game. The Tricentennial Edition? No, I don't. I'm Is not it? sure if I know the Tricentennial was the hundred and fifty dollar version. Oh Jesus! Yeah, they had a two hundred dollar version of the game that came with a canvas collector's edition bag, and Bethesda pulled a bait and switch. And then, like like a day or two before launch, switched it out because the bags were too expensive to make, and relisted the same thing. Didn't cancel the pre-orders of people who paid in on that version to get that bag and everything, and relisted it without the bag. Same thing, except no bag. Yeah, well, they did have a bag. No, they didn't <clears throat> even ship that bag. They didn't ship the canvas bag. No, they ended up with um, some of them got a nylon bag. Yeah, that you had to go ask Bethesda for. After you complained. And it was... This was so rough because they... the this You may think, oh, you know, it's not a big deal because it's one item in this huge collector's edition that had a bunch of stuff. But the fact remains that this was false advertising. Like, they told people you're going to get this really nice canvas bag. The people that complained and got their stuff ended up in return getting a very cheaply made nylon bag. They didn't tell them why. They didn't tell them they were going to get it. They just got it. Um, no, it, no, you had to go ask for it. You didn't just get it sent to you because you paid for it. You had to go onto a website and say, I want the bag I paid for. Yes. They, what, basically after the story broke, Bethesda ended up, um, in order to help fix it. Well, (laughs) number one, their first way of fixing this was to give, um, I think 200 atoms. In-game currency. 200 in-game currency, which... Complete sidebar. It's so very funny. The 200 atoms you got wasn't enough for you to get the canvas bag in game. Okay. It gets better. When Fallout 70 Collector's Edition, uh, when one uh, owner of the Collector's Edition reached out to customer service, a representative claimed the bag was too expensive despite the $200 uh, price tag and Bethesda discontinued the manufacturing. And they didn't tell you. So you're if you're paying this $200 for this game and for this edition, expecting these items and you don't get it, how mad would you be? It gets better. The help desk uh, went on to say we aren't planning to do anything about it. Yep. And that's that's quoted. That's until that story broke and people wrote a funk. Cause the, the, if it hasn't already happened, this could have easily been a class action suit against Bethesda um, for false advertising. It already is. Okay. It's going to be. We now have a, a law firm getting things together to launch a class action lawsuit out of D.C. around this because of false advertising and deceptive business practices. Because it doesn't matter how much that canvas bag would have been in the grand scheme of the $200. Because now you're going to have lawsuits you're going to have to defend in court. You have upset customers. You're damaging your developing brand. Yep. And then on top of all of this, the people who were thinking about getting it and waited to see how the game played was... The reason I didn't pick the game up on launch, and I'm really happy about this, was because of how buggy the beta was a month before. Yep. And it was like, oh man, well, it's just not ready. I'll wait. Mind you, I bought Fallout 4 twice on day <laughs> one. I bought it on PC and I bought it on uh, PlayStation. Yes, you did. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was target market here. <laughs> and I think, talking about your website thing, now they have their website open where if you want the canvas bag, you have to go, you can go on their website and show that you bought the um, edition, and then they will put it in order to eventually get you the canvas bag. Now, there's something else going on with this, though, and this is something I found out about recently. Um, Sorry, I'm pulling it back up to make sure I do it right. 
Um, so now Bethesda is asking banned Fallout 76 mod users, so mods, something that is integral to Bethesda games. Skyrim and all of those games use it. Fallout uses mods. It's a thing. Everybody in that community knows it. You want to put mods in so you can be John Cena or you can be fighting Thomas the Tank Engine instead of dragons because that's what you want to do. Well, they're banning players who are using mods and they want them to write personal essays on why mods are bad for games to be able to get your account unbanned. It's really crazy. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but are, are you... Like, literally, Skyrim lives on mods. Like, the only reason Skyrim gets legs to this day, and as long as it's had, is because mods. Like, the PC community for Skyrim exists because of mods. Entire games have been made in the Skyrim engine because of mods. There's actually game content. They added islands, all kinds of other stuff that you can explore as a mod. You're not wrong. So, the fact that... You, your bread and butter is made from selling copies of a game that is designed to be modded to hell and back, are making people write essays about mods being bad because you can't charge for horse armor and crab armor. It's a little weird, right? Yeah. Because, remember guys, Bethesda is the people who tried to sell everybody crab armor and horse armor as a mod, monetized through Steam. Don't forget that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was very short-lived. Yeah, the community backlash on that was massive. They were trying to charge people for other people's mods that they didn't even make. Yep. I remember that. The um we haven't talked about like the when um three players crashed a server because they launched the nukes separately on a server and mm-hmm. when they landed it crashed the entire server so everybody on that server gone. They had to completely reset the server. That was a huge bug. A lot so many other bugs this game listed right from the start. And I know I, I like there are some Bethesda games that I enjoy, but I've always been somewhat critical of the Fallout and Skyrim and, and Elder Scrolls series because, like, people are like, oh, they, they have a couple of bugs That's Bethesda games. Like, why? You don't put up for that. We don't put up with that crap in other games. Why are you putting up with it now? And I think, for, for me, this seems like a bridge too far for those fans. Like, look, we, we can deal with a few bugs because we understand it, but this was, like, Well, way... especially when they're, like, endearing and, and they're funny. They don't break the game, and it's just like... Oh, man, that guard walked through a wall. Oh, wait, he's kind of stuck over there. Well, he's not important to the story. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's kind of cute. Or, you know, oh, man, this dragon kind of glitched in the intro sequence. Not a big deal because you're not fighting the dragon. He's just making it so you can get out from being beheaded. Yep. But when it's literally about the game being broken and you can't progress, I'm sorry. I'm not okay with that. Some things can be endearing. Some things ruining a game especially when you're spending anywhere from 60 to 200 games on it, uh, 60 to $200 on it. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's a big spread of money for it to just be garbage. True, 100%. So I, I think we need to move on. Uh, speaking of uh, bugs and games, <laughs> let's talk about the uh, the crunch concerns Rockstar has had. Let's talk about that. So <clears throat> um, nominee number three, this one comes down... It starts off as something that, you know, maybe he thought was very innocent, but then kind of really dug deep. And uh, we find out that there was, you know, it's when you like, you see this one bug by the mattress and you're like, what is that? And you lift up the mattress to see what's going on. You're like, it's a whole colony. God, what's happening? Um, So this started off with one of the um, CEOs of um, 
Rockstar, uh, the bigwigs over there, Dan Hauser, um, in an interview with New York Magazine talking about Red Dead Redemption 2 and kind of leading up to it. You know, mind you, this is one of the biggest launches of 2018, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, if not the biggest. I think it was the biggest media launch. Let me check. Um, yeah. It... Dan Hauser coming in and one of the comments that people picked up throughout this entire huge interview that New York Magazine did was that, um, as he described, that they had to work, quote, 100-hour work weeks to get the game out the door. So, um, which is insane. To give you guys an idea on the scale of this launch, they have sold over 17 million copies, according to Polygon. That was on November 7th. Okay, so that was... Like a week or two after the game launched. Yeah, in eight days. Eight days. And so in the first three days, they had 725 million in sales. No, did this, no <laughs> this is the large. All right, so hang on. Hang on. Red Dead sold three times as many copies as launch as the original. Woo, boy, you could ask everything better than that. No, man, that is a massive success. But going in, once we heard these words about like, oh yeah, we had to work 100 hour work weeks, this opened up a huge flood door into the crunch concerns in the work that these um, uh, game developers are being put under to get this game out the door, which I think at this time, this game has been worked on for six years, Yeah, if memory serves me right. And coming in, then there, you know, of course... Because it's the media, there was a lot of step back. The Hauser brothers had to come back out and say, "No, no, no, we're we only meant myself and like some uh, three or four other of the upper staff were the ones working 100 hour work weeks." But and, I, and I'm referencing this just in case I miss anything. The big, the big story from this, and I read this, and this is a, again another great piece by Dr- Jason Schreier over at Kotaku, um, talked in depth about Rockstar's culture of crunch, and regardless of your thoughts on the 100-hour work weeks. After reading this and this came out, it was very clear that there was a crunch problem and there was a work problem at Rockstar. Um, Jason Schreier, in what I can only describe as some of the best journalism I have seen in a very long time, um, goes through, he talks to multiple, I'm talking like 30, 40, 50 different people from all different um, houses of the Rockstar Arm, Rockstar North, Rockstar San Diego, all these other companies across the world about their working conditions and got so many varying degrees of different responses. But a big, you know, anything, everything from, of course, the other one side of the spectrum, we're like, oh, everything's fine. I understand that there's a lot of hours and I understood that that that's a commitment in working here all the way to like, People working 60 to 80 hours is not unusual for them per week, putting in work. Um, They're expected to come in. They're expected to perform. They're expected to um, be there until the job gets done. And, you know, you need to see your family? Nope. Need to go out? Take a break? Nope. None of that. You got to stay here to work. And all this stuff culminating even further to, like, enough that Rockstar actually who's known normally has media blackout rules for anybody who works there. They're not allowed to talk about their experiences on social media or anything. Mm-hmm. Rockstar PR actually had to come out and say, look, you may, you are allowed to discuss in whole hearted honesty, your experience working at Rockstar on social media, good or bad. Discuss it. Which is actually rare for a big company like this. 100% rare. It's not impossible. 
that a company does something like that. Which honestly leads me to believe that, yeah, you're going to have bad... There's going to be some bad apples, like, everywhere you go. But that almost makes me feel like, yeah, there may be, like, an, a, a culture of expected crunch. But the fact that the company is willing to say, we'll take the flack. You go tell people how it really is. That does say something about Rockstar to me. It was like, you know... It's enough to where it's like the company I work for, <laughs> that will never happen. Guaranteed. I can't tell you who they are. I can't even mention it. It can't be anywhere on anything I, I do. Yeah. It, and I, your company's the same way. Yeah, I come in the same way. So, it, I mean, it is what it is, but it truly is something interesting to see a massive. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't. Are they Fortune 500? I don't know if they're Fortune 500. But, but they're huge. <clears throat> They're one of the biggest game developers slash publishers out there. Now that can definitely be said. And for them to come out, I mean, they you know Rockstar because they make hit after hit. Grand Theft Auto, Rock, Red well, Dead Redemption. How many, how many weeks was uh, GTA Five on the top sellers list? Is it, isn't it still on there? It still is. It came out years ago. It's still on the top. It's just now Red Dead's up there too. <laughs> it's is insane, man. These guys, they make money hand over fist. They could sell GTA Five for thirty bucks ad nauseum until the next console generation, and you know what? They'll probably release GTA Six by then, and they'll keep selling that one in place of Five indefinitely until Seven comes out. Yeah. Because apparently, Grand Theft Auto is a fun game for a big sandbox adventure style thing, who, regardless of running around murdering hookers or not. <laughs> who would have thought? But it it it's it was so. The big thing here is that. There were some good and some bad being said, but the big thing was apparently there was a problem, and this really opened Rockstar, being one of the big in industry leaders, this really opened up the door for heavy dis discussions about crunch mm -hmm. in the gaming industry as a whole, not only with Rockstar, but with other developers like that, and really asking that question like, why are we forcing game developers to work 60 to 80 hours plus work weeks trying to get the game out the door? Like... Working their butts off for something that I would I would dare say almost a thankless job. Where you have a lot of people on the internet, and like if it's good, they don't say anything. It's like, oh yeah, it's really cool. But when it, if it's not up to their standard, it's like light the flames. Oh my god, this game is trash. And then they'll go and they'll personally attack the developers, even though in this instance it would actually be management at Rockstar's fault. Yep, and especially in in instances where these developers a lot of times were. Working these hours, couldn't see their family, couldn't see their friends. Seven days a week, they're over at the office. People are sometimes sleeping overnight at the office. And, you know, I get it, like, the week leading up to the game release. I kind of get that. You know, final things or the launch window for an online game. If you work on the World of Warcraft team, I guarantee you, launch night, that 24 hours, you everyone's there. It's all hands on deck. Yep. But that's kind of known going into working on World of Warcraft. But at the same time, you don't hear about Blizzard having people work, you know, 80 to 100 hour weeks either. Yep. Now, sure. I'm sure it happens occasionally, but it's not a regular thing. Well, like, that's when it's a regular thing. And it just, it's just so crazy. Man. I, I'm sorry. I, I've, in the last few weeks, I have pulled 116 hours on one, on one paycheck. Let me tell you something. I hated myself during that period. And I have talked about crunch and doing insane amounts of work before because one location fired all their employees and I had to cover that location plus my location. That was not fun either because at 7 a.m. until midnight, I was working every day. Barely had enough time to sleep. 
barely enough time to sleep and get my lunch break was literally driving between locations. So I know what that's like. I never want to do that again, and I don't want anybody to have to do that. Heck, my father's a first responder. He flies a hel- an EMS helicopter. He works 12 on, 12 off. Um, uh, 12 hours on, 12 hours off. Um, the FAA won't allow them to work more than 14 hours in a row. The, F- the government regulates all that. Novel idea there. Um, but then after he works a week, he gets a week off to kind of recover. Because he could be working nights. He could be working days. Yep. It could be a mix match. So, I mean, like, if it's so regulated for first responders... Why wouldn't we have something where, like, look, you can't make these people work 80 hours? You would think. You would think. Look, man. Uh, I mean, if they want to opt into it because they're passion, cool, man. But that should be, like, a volunteer thing. And you shouldn't look down on the people who are like, look, I have a work-life balance. I have family. I, I need to go be there for kids or whatever. You, that shouldn't be looked down on either. Because guess what? I bet you Cam's real priorities are not always work. They'd probably be more like um, wife, mom, sister, you know, that kind of stuff. Nieces, nephews. Just a guess. Yeah, right back at will. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, you got to take those priorities. And so I think it was it was really hard to see, especially Rockstar, a big company that makes billions of dollars. <laughs> uh, and they only release a game every couple of years to have these big problems and kind of them being the highlight of these things coming to light and kind of showing these problems here. Um with the crunch. So that was nominee number three. Will's going to take nominee number four. Oh, yes. <laughs> and actually, my issues with this one um, are not with the company who announced it. My issues are with the fans. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, no, it's so a fail regardless. Of. No, no, this is a massive fail. And this is talking about toxic fan uh, behavior. Um, I'm obviously talking about the Diablo Immortal announcement. Um, Blizzard did have a couple of missteps. They announced it at the end of BlizzCon instead of like in the middle where they should have had Warcraft 3 Reforged at the end um, as the big ticket item. Putting it at the end put people's hopes up. Even though they came out at a time and said, we're not talking new Diablo before this as far as like a, a 4. They said before the conference there was going to be no Diablo 4. They said it. Blizzard normally doesn't come out and do that unless it's not going to be there. <laughs> I hate to bring it to you guys. Go back and look at history. It doesn't happen. Yep. Um, but anyway, so at the end of it all, um, because Blizzard is, you know, they're part of Activision, Activision Blizzard, um, they do have to look at expanding their profitability because guess what? The answer to shareholders. They have to try to make more money every year. They can't just sit there and do nothing. That is kind of the idea of being a business. You're there to make money. Now, they have pretty good principles behind them. And that is, you know, something I commend them for. And that's why I love that the development studio there so much and everything they work on is the people behind it and the culture behind that, not necessarily everything else going on. But the problem I have is when they announced Diablo Immortal, literally they were getting booed almost immediately instead of people having an open mind to be like, Hey, they said Diablo 4 is not going to be here. Is this something I can play in the meantime? Yeah. They yeah. had the... Um, I showed you the video of in their Q&A thing where they had the people come up to ask questions. And they're like, is this some kind of like, uh, you know, out, out of place April Fool's joke? And they literally on stage were like, don't you people have phones? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Ew. And, and it's like, I, I'm honestly excited to play this game. I want more in that world. But at the same time, I know they're working on 4 because they've said they're working on 4. Yep. 
I mean, because Diablo 3 printed money. It started off a disaster, and they were able to fix it. And, of course, they want to keep that train going. They want, they like money. I'm sorry, guys. They're a business. Yep. Um, but with everything going on, the level of just toxicity out of them continuous uh the fan base to this day they tweeted something about uh, literally earlier today they tweeted something about warcraft 3 aging like fine wine and going into the reforge thing and it was a tweet from warcraft and i'm like well you know what it didn't age like fine fine wine diablo 2 oh wait you should put that on mobile oh wait what am i talking about like literally tweets like that they're still trolling them to this point and it's like guys just because something's coming out and you don't like the idea of it doesn't mean that you have to hate on the people making it. Yeah. There's games all the time that come out that are not for me. Half of them are indies just because some of the, the things on there I don't like. The other half are triple A's. And guess what? It's okay. I don't play Madden at all. <laughs> it's not because I hate the people making Madden. No, it's just because it's not for me. Things out there exist and not everything's going to be for everybody. I don't drink wine. I love beer. What about that one time? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I can tell you this. The closest you'll see me to get to drinking wine is going to be that mead out there. Yeah. yeah, And, yeah. and that's more of like an old Viking mead style <laughs> than anything else. Um, but no, in all seriousness, my issue with this situation is the fans and how they reacted. And instead of sitting there and having an open mind, you're like, hey, man, that kind of looks cool. I could do that on my phone on my lunch break. Okay. Let me give it a shot. Let me play the game before I take a shit on it. It, 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 it <laughs> just saying, maybe <clears throat> let me see it before I, you know, start tearing it to shreds. I agree with you on all those points. I mean, I know of, of, it's easy to say, like, you know, clear misstep by Blizzard on their part in announcing should, this at the end. It should have been in the middle. That should have been in the middle or near the beginning, right after they announced that Destiny Two is free on Battle.net for the month. Yeah, it's like it should have been right up there near the front. But I think I, I totally agreed. I think. The backlash, and, and what, what kind of hurts, especially with this, is it's from the Blizzard community. One of, I think, one of the most positive gaming communities in the industry. At least the Overwatch side is. To, to, see, to see this kind of, I hate using the word, like vitriol and whatnot, uh, pop up. Over this one single announcement, because it wasn't what you wanted, I think was a little brutal childish like you know i have no idea if i'm gonna be playing diablo immortal i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna determine based on its merits you know blizzard makes great games see overwatch see world of warcraft see hearthstone see starcraft see warcraft 3 see diablo i mean they make great games all their games are great and so i don't know why this one will be any different um definitely wait and see uh because i think this is like one of their big first well not really I mean, they've done mobile games before. Hearthstone's on mobile. Yeah. So, it, and it's honestly one of the most profitable mobile games out there. And it, you, here's a secret, guys: it's a card game. Yeah. I know it's a novel idea, but and I, and I, I get that some of the responses from Blizzard was probably not necessary. The whole like, "Don't you have phones?" Uh, that was a you know off the cuff thing. Maybe you shouldn't have said that. Uh, and, and, and I think he got you, you'll get to get dinged for that. But I think the the level at which a lot of the, um, a couple of the, I think, I really think small section of the Blizzard fan base um, was a very much unneeded, uh, very ridiculous, and just kind of, again, another one of those shake my head moments where that's on the list, and I think it's on the list for a reason. No, I definitely agree. Um, 
But funny enough, this time it wasn't the developer. It was the community itself. And I was actually kind of disgusted to be a part of that community for a little bit. Yeah. And that's a shame because we, we love Blizzard. I mean, freaking can't get enough of Blizzard games here. I mean, you know, we only have a podcast about it, but, you know, whatever. No, no big deal, right? <laughs> Let's talk about number five. Number um, five is... Uh... This is one we kind of dug up at the last minute. Didn't really yeah. know much about it just because we are not in this community at all, um, yeah. it's the MOBA community, but the um, harassment and sexism in for Riot Games. Um, we're pulling up the kind of uh, reference from Polygon's articles, um, and this, funny enough, it references the um, huge Kotaku piece that okay. kind of broke this story. Of course, it does because a, oh wait, who who broke this article? It was Jason Schreier. Oh, was, was it? it was no, not. it was uh, Cecilia D'Anastasio. Okay, cool. Um, Man, that's good. I'm, I'm really happy that Kotaku's got a lot of uh, people over there actually breaking stories and doing real journalistic work. I'm very glad they have people other than Jason Trier actually doing <laughs> awesome work. So right? it's great. I, I'm, I love Jason Trier to death, but I want to see somebody else besides Jason Trier on well, the article. Also, he got married recently. He needs to go spend time with his wife. Exactly. I mean, come on. Exactly. But this article is about as big or bigger than the Crunch article from Rockstar. Okay. Um... Just, I'm going to read a little bit uh, from the Polygon article to give you guys an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, Sexism and a poor track record on workers' rights have been a feature of the game industry for years. In the era of Me Too, companies are being called out in ways that they are unable to ignore. Riot Games, the company behind League of Legends, was forced to take a long, hard look at its internal operations following a very exhaustive Kotaku report that exposed multiple serious allegations including accusations of sexual assault. Some sources spoke of an environment where male employees would sexually evaluate their female colleagues or send unsolicited pictures of their genitalia. Riot issued an apology promising to address its problems, but this rang hollow when one of its first acts was to fire two employees who had been publicly critical of Riot's culture. Following weeks of revelations from former employees and associated outrage from the public, the company hired former Uber executive Francis Frey to advise its internal diversity efforts. Employees later hit riot with a gender discrimination lawsuit. I don't blame them. Oh boy. And like, I'm, I, it's, it's not a, even a joke that looking at the um, Kotaku article that kind of broke this huge story. It is very long. I'm actually, I need to favorite it so I can read it. Um, I don't, you know, I'm glad we found this. This is definitely a biggest fail. This, this is gross. Yeah. The, uh, just treat other people the respect that you would want to be treated or have your parents treated or your grandmother treated. I mean, come on. Is that too difficult to ask? Yeah. I mean, like, sexism alone is, is ridiculous. In my opinion, ridiculous and nonsensical. It shouldn't even be happening again. But, like, I'm just reading off those paragraphs, like, showing genitalia to female co-workers, sizing up your co-workers. I mean, that, no, stop. What are you doing? Come on. At the end of the day, if it's between two consenting adults behind closed doors, I do not care what happens. But if it's unsolicited and, like, the other person doesn't want it, don't do it. It's a novel idea. Just treat somebody else with respect. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, and it's just I hate people sometimes and then fourthly I think what really takes the case kick on this as well is that and I hate saying it 
but I'm kind of I feel like I'm kind of not wrong here. Um, Riot's game, League of Legends, is known is, to be one of the most toxic environments out there in gaming. It's the reason why I I don't like mobas. It's the reason why I don't jump and have never tried it. Just because of all the stories I hear about and all the videos I go watch online about all the toxicity and gross garbage, asinine garbage that happens in this game is ridiculous. And it's almost not a surprise to me um, that these allegations are coming from a company, especially if they're having stuff like that in their game stuff. And I, and I hate saying that. It's for any game company, but, you know, um, <clears throat> some of the articles, you know, Riot takes them, you know, only until the story starts breaking and people start talking about it does Riot start issuing apologies instead of in trying to find a solution for it. Like, where were you when these problems were happening before and employees were telling you about it? Why were you fixing it then? It's just, it, oh, it, this is, it this was very disgusting for me to see and hear. I do not like this at all. This should not exist. This stuff of sexism and harassment is one of the big reasons why there is such a stigma in the gaming industry still to this day, to some extent, for um, people who aren't in the know. And we, like, Will and I know, listeners, more most people who's listening to this, you probably know, there's more to the gaming industry than the whole, like, 12-year-olds calling, I'm going to screw your mom, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. I mean, what made Xbox Live famous in the beginning was because parents didn't realize what they were letting their kids do. Yeah. And we know there's way more to gaming than that, but unfortunately, a lot of people, when they see that, all they see is the, um, that side of it. That, yeah. uh, you know, here, oh, uh, you know. All the uh, disgusting all, uh, Gamergate garbage. Yeah, it's just going on there. And this doesn't help the cause at all, especially in an in industry now that we're, I think we're maturing as gamers and as an industry, and we're trying to get to a point where we're taken seriously. And we're we're close. We're very much there. I mean, with the rise of esports <coughs> being on ESPN, I mean, we are literally on the cusp of just being another media outlet. I mean, as far as all of that goes. Kids these, <laughs> but I'm an old man hat here. Kids these days don't remember the fact that when we were growing up playing games, we were the nerds and we were the geeks and we were the outliers. And now everybody plays games. Yeah. It's all a big deal. I mean, now it's all about the Call of Duties, the Maddens, the Forzas, and all of that. And it's like, I remember when it was like Mario, Zelda, you know. Some Pac-Man. We, we had NBA Jam was kind of dope. You I had mean, your group of friends that you came over and you were in the small section of the classroom during lunch or before and after class and you got you pulled your Game Boys out and whatnot. You played Or you busted out the magic cards. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. And so to see this stuff for me was completely gross and disgusting for me and I did not... I, again, I, I've never played Riot Games. This breaking story and the talk about their... Um, culture from this past year does not make me want to play them. I have I have a league account, and apparently someone has tried to steal it recently because it is locked, and I have made no attempts to unlock it. <laughs> you just give it to me. If you really want it that bad, please it's just like, get out bro, of I, I mean, I really do not care yeah. at all. I don't have... I haven't had League of Legends installed since they had a Mac client. Ooh, boy, a long time. Long. <laughs> now they just laugh at you if you're like hey can I play this on Mac <laughs> that's cute no no um, yeah man uh, this is disgusting don't do it that's it for the nominees guys we've <sighs> talked about the five that we have on the list here it is time to bring them down to two um, this is the point in the show where we have to take three off and 
This is probably the one case in our Game of the Year categories where if you are not in the winner's circle, that's a good thing. <laughs> Granted, yeah. if you're a nominee, you're already in the doghouse already, but if you're not in the winner's circle, you're you're doing something right. You know, you weren't as embarrassing as all the other crap that happened. Um, so, with that being said, we'll... Let's let's debate. Let's talk. Which ones stay? Which ones go? I think uh, Fallout seventy six and the harassment from Mario games needs to stay. You think those need to stay? Yeah. Whoa, we're <clears throat> right it. So it, here's why: as bad as Telltale was, the support of the rest of the game industry softened that to, from something that was fairly horrific to as far as studio closures. The company that owns Telltale is essentially not following California law in that regard because, hey guys, um, if you're going to shutter a business, you got to give people notice in California. That, that's I, a thing. I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I think that having Skybound come in and help save a lot of those jobs, at least even temporarily, I think a lot of those companies know that once the final season's done, they're out of a job, but that gives them time to look for a job. Right. And other companies saying, hey, we've had, we have these openings. Go ahead and apply. We're going to look at you first. Like, bro, that that says a lot. And it's not Telltale that's the savior in this series. It's the rest of the industry because these people have probably been in a situation like that before. Yeah. And so, honestly, to me, I mean, that is nowhere near as big of an impact as it could have been because the other studios stepped up. Yeah. And that helps off the blow. Um, the Rockstar's crunch concerns, yes, they're concerns. But they're not outright lying to people you're selling the game to, or sexual harassment and unsolicited genitalia shots. Those, <laughs> you're not going to hear any. I mean, not only that, I mean, they took the unprecedented <laughs> step of saying they've unleashed all their employees to let them talk. Yeah, I'm so not, I'm I mean, not going to disagree with you on that one by any stretch. Yeah, so uh, I'm sorry. I think Rockstar, you're not in the final two, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, the Diablo Immortal thing, that's. That's a community being toxic, and it's unfortunate because I'm, I'm, I'm I've played Diablo a lot, yeah. not a lot, not as much as some of our viewers, but I, I've spent several hours of my life playing Diablo, and it's one of those that I, I'm disappointed, but I'm not disgusted. And, and I hate, and that's, I hate, and that's unfortunate so <laughs> oh much. It, it, it sucks that you're at that point where you have to numb yourself because that is a thing in the world. So. And then, then at that point, like that leaves Fallout, which is literally fraud. I mean, they've got a law firm launching it into potential uh, legal proceedings about that. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, so you have fraud and you have sexual harassment and, and assault. I think I agree, especially with the Telltale Rockstar. I think Diablo, Diablo doesn't get in simply because it's just not as grossly shocking as the other two. I'm going to be honest. If we hadn't found about the Riot Games thing, I would have put Diablo in. There. I was going to say, if it had been the Sony thing, Diablo would have gotten it right in. So Diablo Immortal announcement, you got your count yourself lucky. Um, You're only out of this because there's two things that are so much worse. Yes. And so, our final two nominees and winners for biggest fail of um, here at Rock Punch Game of the Year 2018 is going to be the Fallout 76 launch struggles and the harassment and sexism in a variety of games. 
Those are our two people in the winner circle. If you want to call it the winner circle, maybe <laughs> oh, we should no. call it the loser I'm, circle. Um, no, this is definitely the losers bracket um, here because they they lost of their own accord though. Um, <laughs> Who yeah. takes home the top prize? I, I mean, I've already put it. You've highlighted it, and it's. I'm sorry, it's the worst thing on this list, and you can't even disagree with me. I <laughs> I I, I want to. I think if if I really really worked hard. Maybe the Fallout 76 stuff and the fraud and just the bugs and stuff, you can make a case there, but I just, it is, it's fucking gross. I'm sorry. Like, the harassment at Riot Games, there are a lot of things that I can tolerate, but, like, sexism and stuff like that, and not not giving, making an uncomfortable work environment, because we've been in those situations, you and I both have, is fucking disgusting. And I, I, and I, no. A prior no. manager, manager of ours comes to mind. From way back, way back. Okay, yeah, I know you're talking about that. Exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, um, um, that and uh, and entirely honestly here, I, I'm sorry, but if uh, the other person doesn't want to see your junk, don't send them your junk. Yeah, easy thing there. Um, if they don't want you to touch them, don't touch them. Uh, I mean, my God, these are like preschool rules here. Yes, come on, <laughs> come on, people. Um, so in shocking fashion, not really, um, the loser for Rocket Punch's Game of the Year 2018 Golden Fist Award for biggest fail of 2018 is unceremoniously going to the, um, Riot Games in the harassment and sexism culture. And no Riot Games, we're not going to send you a trophy. We may send you a printout, uh... That printout will be on newspaper, and it may have had been rolled in Cameron's backyard where the yeah. puppies go. Oh boy, you do not want anything rolled in the backyard right now. Look, um, man, I am not about that. With the semi-loser being, of course, um, Bethesda Games and their Fallout 76 launch struggles with their title there. Um, uh, yeah. Um, good on you, Bethesda. You made me not want to buy any of your games at all. And I'm sorry. They make Doom, guys. They make Doom. <laughs> Well, not Bethesda Softworks. No, that's it. Id. But, that's a, but it's, it's still published by the same people. It's published by Bethesda. You're 100% correct. Uh, and I, so, I just feel gross now. <laughs> yeah, dude. I want to get some water or something to drink to wash my mouth out. Talking about uh, that. But guys, that's it for this episode here of the uh, Game of the Year 2018 awards category. Um, thank you guys so much for listening in and tuning in to our picks and our thoughts on these different nominees. Um, remember, guys, if you want to follow, continue to follow our Game of the Year coverage, head over to rocketpunchgo.com. From there, you'll find our Game of the Year buttons. Just click them. They'll take you straight to um, our articles and everything you'll see there. You can find all of the winners, and every time the episodes go up, you'll see them right on that page there. Um, other than that, guys, can continue to give us your support. We definitely appreciate it. Um, we're, we, we're getting closer and closer to our Game of the Year pick. Um, so remember, January 27th, 8 p.m., Twitch.tv slash Rocket Punch Live is where you want to be so you can be ready to deliberate with us as we make our pick for our game of the year. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will see you on the next episode.